and one of my teachers used to say that a pencil is such a uh, a beast that it's really really hard to tame because when you make a mark on the page you're the one who's that's holding the pressure and everything but it's the pencil that's making the mark but you still need to tame that beast hey everyone and welcome to do i need school to be a podcast in which me alex is going to sit down with creatives of all types to ask them about their education and what their journey into the creative field was. This show is for people who are thinking about entering the creative field, whether they are young and just coming out of high school or whether they're in their 80s and want to become an illustrator. Yes, of course, join us and learn how people who are in the field learned, developed, what books they read, what movies they watch, who are their teachers, their mentors, and how they develop their unique style. In this episode, I'm talking to Owais Haji, who is a fashion designer. And we go so much deeper in this episode. We don't stay only on fashion designer education. We talk about how designers and creatives can shape the world and why it's so important to educate them properly. We talk about his inspiring dean. We talk about having respect for ancestral knowledge and so much more. So enjoy the episode. And here's my conversation with Owais Haji. Well, welcome, Owais. How are you today? Hi, Alex. I'm good. How are you going? I am great. It's cool here in the Netherlands. It's like it's a, it's a good 17 degrees with a little bit of humidity in the air. So it felt like I was biking through an AC, which was amazing. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's good. That's... So how are things how are things on your side of the world? Um, we're going through a winter chill here in Sydney and we're gone in lockdown. So, yeah, all part and parcel of this pandemic, I guess. Yeah, it's. The world is a different place than it was before, but we'll adapt yeah. and we'll survive and we'll make it through. Yes. Well, yes, we thank will. you so much. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And I would love to yeah. start us off pleasure. by asking yeah. you who you are and what you're currently up to. So my name is Awais. I am originally from Pakistan and I did my textile design from Indus Valley School of Art and Architecture. I was working there as a fashion designer. And then I moved to Sydney for my master's in fashion and textiles. And now I work for a, like a small retail boutique um, uh, as a fashion designer, but I also do styling, photography. So it's a mixed bag of things. You're the first fashion designer I have on a podcast. No kidding. And also, and also the best hair. <laughs> if Thank I can give you. an award right now for who has the best hair in the from all my guests, you have the be- best Thank hair. It's you. glorious. I have, uh, I am extremely Thank jealous you. right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. So you have, so you have a formal background. You have a formal education behind you. Yeah, yeah. How how did you come to like? How did you get there? Was it a a choice that you always knew that you wanted to go to school for a creative field, or how did you get into this field? So I come from a very, very business-minded family and because in Pakistan you have to be, especially in South Asian culture, it's either an engineer, doctor, or, you know, one of those professions which is like a safe bet. And I did, I went through the whole process, I applied to all those school and let's just say I did not get in. And and then my parents were like, do whatever you want. And I'm like, 
I ju- because sometimes they go like, yeah, okay, we'll do whatever you want. And I jumped at that and I took an entrance exam to an art school within the city because they weren't letting me go to another one. So they were like, okay, this is the be- next best thing. And I applied to that school and I got in. But uh, I did sort of like did art school during my uh, art, like not formal art education, but I used to be really interested in the arts. And during my A-levels, I used to just go into art classes that used to be there and just sit and just talk to people. And that's how I got in my undergrad, because they did not have a requirement that you had to study art beforehand. You just needed to know how to draw. And that's why that's one of the things my teachers told me that you're here to study and question things. So we have to teach you. So you don't you need to know some things, but you don't don't need to know everything. That's such an interesting approach. I, I think it's so interesting because many times in formal education, they have like a complete syllabus of you have to check all these boxes. But sounds yeah. like you had a different experience. They were like, OK, what interests yeah. you? How yeah. can we get you and there? especially because a school especially because a school where you know sometimes schools have this uh, requirement that you probably need to come from like a chemistry or you know if you're going in an engineering background so you need to sort of like study chemistry and physics and all of those things and so yeah that was the thing that this one didn't and all it needed was like you need to have like some drawing skills and the rest you were taught so yeah, that's how I sort of like had that form uh, education. And then, uh, so in Pakistan specifically, a bachelor's is a four year course. Uh, so in my first year, we did everything. We would do architectural drawings. We would do sculptures. We would do basic design concepts of, you know, negative spaces, line, texture, and all of those things. And then we would also do like basic drawing because like it or not basis of everything especially in design is drawing so even if you know in in terms of like fashion your silhouettes are like nine heads which is like you know more extended you still need to be able to draw so i used to sort of like contest that a lot in the beginning but then i sort of like gave into that process and one of my teachers used to say that a pencil is such a uh, a beast that it's really, really hard to tame because when you make a mark on the page, you're the one who's that's holding the pressure and everything, but it's the pencil that's making the mark, but you still need to tame that beast. That's beautiful. That's a t-shirt. I, yes. <laughs> that, that, that's a t-shirt right there. I mean... Yeah, that, with a pencil. <laughs> ex- exactly. That, that, I, I see that easily being like the, the slogan for a new pencil design. For all those fancy pencil companies that sell yeah. these like 10 euro pencils, be like, a pencil is a beast you need to tame. Be like, oh, yep. magical. Oh, that is so cool. So, yeah. So that's, and then uh, after first year, then we choose our uh, majors, which are, which pro, which were offered to us between textile design, interior design, architecture, and uh, fine arts. So I had an option to go to fine arts, but that wasn't like, you know, very uh, just also to appease my parents. <laughs> it was also like, okay. And I was, because I was also interested in fashion. So the next best thing was textiles. So that was my uh, perfect sort of like, entry point into that with fabrics with textures and all of that 
So that was my first entry point and seeing how things work and all of that. So basically, I in our textile design, uh, you experience a, num- a range of skills, but uh, and then in the end, you choose your majors within those skills. So I was trained or I was sort of like taught as a handloom weaver. So I know how to handloom weave fabric. Yeah. So That's because, sick. you know, yes. That, so my basic logic behind that was that I can learn how to know doing print techniques and screen printing and all of that because you do it as a minor and you do projects with it. And But handloom weaving is something that you that you would get an opportunity to learn only in school. Because I know after school, I haven't sat on a hand loom. I knew how to weave and do everything. But um, I haven't sort of like sat. But I have worked with weavers and all of that throughout my professional life as well. But I would tell them that, you know, I need this sort of weave and this weave and this weave. So I could tell and I could check. So, yeah. So your education gave you a vocabulary and taught you a process that you have now used in your professional career. And so yeah. you graduate from textile design. How do yep. you go into fashion? How did, because you could have so, stayed there. Yeah, I could have stayed there. So India, India, I'm saying, sorry. Pakistan has a lot of, uh, yeah, it's pretty much, we are the same people. So Pakistan has a lot of textile companies, especially the mills, because Pakistan is the sixth exporter of cotton in the world. Mm-hmm. So because it has all these textile mills and all of that, but I wasn't uh, and I belong to this sort of like people group of people in terms of my, my family connections and everything that, you know, a lot of these mills are owned by these people. But I wasn't sort of like too keen on that culture. So I first sort of I gave out a range of interviews for fashion design jobs. And I was like, you know, because what I used to do every time, even say I was weaving fabrics or I was doing any projects during school, all of my projects were very fashion forward and fashion based. So everything was apparel. You could have a choice between home furnishings and do things and installations. So mine were always used to be apparel because I knew in my mind that after I graduate from this place, I need I need to step into that field. So a school gives you that skills and it gives you that aesthetic to develop that aesthetic. And because I know for a fact there were like students who would always do like intricate work and students who would always do like bold strokes and bold brushes. And I was always kind the middle because if I would do too intricate work, I would get bored with it. And if I go too bold, I would get bored with it. And I was like, hmm. But the good thing that came out of it, I got a variety in my work and in my portfolio, which is always important that you uh, go about. And the most thing is when you enjoy doing this, because in one of our courses during my undergrad, we had one fashion course where we had to design a pair of pants or a shirt and, you know, a whole look. And I aced it. I aced it. I was I like, am sorry. I was like, the pride I in your face it. right now. People cannot I see it. I was like, 
Like podcast is an auditory so, medium. So, yeah, I know. So he, they, they cannot see it, but the pride in your face right now. You're like I aced it, just so you yeah. all know that I aced yeah, it. Yeah, just so you all know, because I was like so excited about doing it. I was like, you know, the teacher would ask for ten sketches. I would make hundred. And I would just be like, just going on and on and on. So I was like that, and that was a semester I enjoyed the most because apart from that fashion elective, I also because we also had to go outside our departments to do different things in terms of different electives. And I because I had also interest in fine arts, so I chose printmaking, which is a completely different medium. It's like in fine arts, I just call it the dirtiest medium that requires the cleanest result. Okay, and that's the description. Yeah, because you know you're playing with inks and plates and everything, but you need your final copy of the print to be exactly within the bounds and within the frame. And I was like, yes, this is so messy, but it is so satisfying once it comes out. So that gives you a lot of foundation to build layers, build uh, lots of drawings and all of that. And I did a sculpture in there and uh, developed a range of prints in there. So yeah, that sort of like gave me a little more sort of Hi everyone, it's me, Alex, again, just to let you know that if you're listening to this podcast through Apple Podcast and you're not subscribed to the show, you might not be able to enjoy the links on the show notes, which are usually to my guests' recommendations, if they recommended a book or to the website, social media, if they have a course going on, a shop or something, I'm always going to feature it there. So I would highly recommend that you subscribe to the show so you can enjoy that feature and support the amazing people that I bring on the podcast. You will also find their links to the show's social media and to the website where I put transcripts of every episode. So yeah, if you can, please subscribe. I'll start Bibling now and go back to my conversation with Always Haji. But what it gives you is like a broader perspective into something that is much more mm-hmm. than just fabrics or design or fabric in terms of textile or fashion so it gave me that so once you know it helps you in your prints it helps you in your other things as well so that's why I wanted to do that so that was one of my ideas behind going into printmaking as a sort of so even now then I when I go to a printmaking exhibitions and anything I would just get more excited I was like wow I love that. And I love the idea that going to a formal education gives you a broader perspective that it's not only what you are curious about or what you experience, but all those additional factors in the sense that maybe if you had gone to learn from uh, directly from a master textile maker, you only yeah. learn from their experience. But when you go to a formal education, you get such a broad thing and yeah, it influence exactly. your work. And I'm guessing now that when you're thinking of an outfit or a design, you think, oh, how I can create a textile for it. Or you have a different level of understanding or you see something and you think of not only the outfit, the lines, the shapes, exactly. you see also the and materials I see all as well. Of that. And what happens is sometimes because uh, a design as an approach, what I was taught is very holistic. You don't de- design, uh, you obviously come up with ideas, you come up with things but you don't design within a bubble you have to sort of like contain everything because one you're 
a member of the society so you have a certain social responsibility as well as design does not have to be if you're doing just textile design then it's just your thing or if it's you know if you're just doing interior design you'll only sort of like restrict yourself to that if because uh, whatever you're doing could actually garner a reaction for someone who works in the corporate world that's so true so one of like one of that's why my especially my dean of design in my school she had a very very holistic approach about it she would be like you know go to this area go to that area because weavers and uh, craftsmaker and all of these people they have a language and aesthetic of their own what you developed is a very very sort of like polished and very learned aesthetic but when you work with someone who has a generational um, education passed through it and generational training passed to them you can benefit and you can learn from that because what has happened is that you know, it's very vernacular because it's you know it's their language it's their it's not sort of like formal training of a b c d e it's pass through them from their parents to their parents from their parents and because i have worked with weavers in villages i have worked with weavers in the city i've worked with all of these people and there is so much to learn from them that when you see your education it can and you see your their skills it's when they both meet somewhere in the middle it's an amazing thing uh i remember the first time we went to which is like around 10 years ago we went to this village and we went to do these projects with an ngo because we had to do an internship so we had to do we develop and we went with an ngo to these areas and we had to develop a few products with these basket weavers and uh handloom weavers and all of that now with the basketry we it's amazing how many we ask them to create color samples and how do they do colorings and how and their skill set now as much as i try to get that skill set i can't i can try it but i can't do it so uh what we did was we created a range of products with their sort of basketry skills so we had like plates and all of that 10 years later i see the same thing in ikea oh that's some <laughs> painful I know. <laughs> Ten That's years later, I I see the same things in IKEA, and I'm like, I've done this. So, <laughs> yeah. So I think I think it's great that you had this dean, this person that told that there was never this separation of because they don't have formal training, they're not good, or your training is better exactly. because you went to school. Yeah. It was like. Yeah it's different rec recognizing that there's different ways to learn and different paths to education exactly. and valuing both yes exactly and because pakistan has this uh uh tradition of this sort of craft thing that's called truck art which is art and paintings on trucks now that is entirely done by craftsmen or painters or sticker artists who who don't have any sort of like school education they have just seen their elders do it and then, and now what happens is designers like me they see that which is their design their thing and we see we use that as an inspiration so that is amazing that you know a lot of designers use that as an inspiration so if you google say truck art pakistan you will come up with this range of people 
who have uh, done this art and then you will see fashion designers who have used that in their clothing so there's a lot of like cross influence yes. even from oh that's so great but that's you're why open I... to that you're open yes. to seeing those things as well yes that's why i never sort of go like oh my god you know uh, someone else who hasn't done like you know education education is not sort of uh, uh, amazing because what happens is it my perspective might be broader but their skill set is far more narrower and far more sort of in tune so well that they can pick up a mistake like this that's amazing and i want to i want to talk now about your teachers because you mentioned a teacher that told mm. you that the pencil needs to be mastered yeah and then you have this amazing dean who told to had this holistic approach to design yeah. yeah did you have any other teachers that really imprinted on you yeah like um so my dean of design was one of them she would have this uh, very very holistic approach she would go she would be like you need to go out there and you need to uh you need to get in the middle of things to actually do it uh what she told she, i heard her one interview and she sort of like said a sto told a story about she told a story about uh the she sent all of these you know students to get threads and th buttons and all of those things to for, to a market and you know uh, sometimes students get very uh very precious about things and <laughs> they do and they get very precious about things that oh my god i'm not going to go here and i'm not going to go there and all of that and she was like no you need to go and when these girls went to the certain area and all of that across from that is a highly highly nobel laureate philanthropist he's like a philanthropist i would say but he was a, he was a guy who ad who has been a nobel laureate and he has done a lot of social services within pakistan so he was his office was across the where these girls were going out and getting all of these things now obviously these girls look very out of the place within that market and and this guy who has nothing to do with design he came over and he asked these girls that what they were up to and then these girls told him that you know we are design students we do this we textile design and all of that and then my dean of design actually called him and invited him for one of the graduations and he did come in his like one of like last few days before he passed away wow yeah that's an experience right there exactly See, like with this person who yeah. you, you're like wow you're Nobel laureate you're like yes. high up there and yeah. I get this chance to have like a one almost a one-on-one -on -one with you yeah let me check if he is a Nobel laureate I'm not sure though but he did a lot for uh social welfare that was his that's one that's also very important even yeah. if he didn't get a Nobel prize if he did a lot of for so for for social advancement that's also pretty yeah. great so this guy who is a social welfare legend has nothing to do with design you see how a design practice of just sort of going to the market can bring in someone within that process wow yeah and yeah i i yeah i think on. it's pretty impressive from your dean to yeah. be in that space in that in that space of mind to say like hey this is for everybody. This is not just for 
this narrow group of people we have yeah. to learn from everybody and yeah. keep an eye out for because talent happens anywhere exactly and she was like so but she was like a straight talker if she would like hate something she would tell you that you know this is not nice so <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> i mean she of has course. to be and and this is like one of the things that i really liked about it that you know if it's bad then it's bad it's trash no one's going and her sort of like approach was also uh, the design is supposed to integrate people's lives it's not supposed to be just in the corner or just sort of like you know uh especially in the case of fashion or textile just to be you know in your closet and just be there it's supposed to integrate your life so every time we used to make something the first thing she would ask is who's going to buy it because oh because every and everyone was like oh my god we are sort of like artists and we are you know this person uh why do we need to think about buying what you do you are if you are bringing about a social change say you are working with handloom weavers with organic threads and working through that cycle of chain you need to provide a certain market for it because then if it doesn't sell then that cycle breaks and there is nothing to feed that cycle for it to continue so a very circular so she had a yeah. very circular yeah. approach to everything yeah. it's like okay yeah. you're going to make this beautiful thing yeah. who's going to get it like yes. who's going to use it yeah. So you know, every, every everyone go, well, was used to go like, "Oh my God, why do we have to be so commercial?" And I was like, "No, you do." <laughs> like, I totally agree. I think there is this misconception about when, especially when it comes to fashion, that yeah. you, you see all those fashion shows, or at least I do, like the Paris, like the Paris runway, and so on. Yeah. The, the few times, because I'm not a, I that's my struggle with fashion. That sometimes I see in the art school that I went to, like fashion students design something. And I'm like, who's going to wear this? Exactly. What human being it's going to go to work wearing this wearing or this. who, who are you designing this for? And yeah, there's that's one of the missing, I think link sometimes I find because I find you get to explore a range of things and skills within your design education, but you need to sort of put that out in the world. Design can't exist in isolation uh like i said earlier and the thing is you can be tom ford or you can be mcqueen if exactly you if you want to be mcqueen go for it because he was a genius and all kudos to him but he left his company in a debt so that is not yeah, yeah so that is exactly. not an yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> so that is not a very savory part of this business because yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's also thinking about. I, I love what you mentioned before about that social that that um, the person that was involved in social yeah. welfare because it's also the question there when yes. you're designing something, a product, no matter what. In the design field, there is this hole right now that we're only designing for a very small group of people, yes. in the sense that, for example, I'm a graphic designer. So for graphic design, we create these, yeah. they make these beautiful books, silk screen with gold leaf, oh. but then who's gonna use it? Who who yes. buys it? Uh, what 50 people can afford it you yeah. make your money back that's it but what about the 83 percent of the world's population who cannot afford this exactly. 50 euro book yeah this is this is usually what i contest with a lot in terms of uh, uh design practice that you know you have to strike a certain balance between art and commerce and you have to sort of like make peace with things somewhere that you know people might not pay for something but they will pay for other things 
exactly and also thinking that if you have a like the circular approach it's like okay yes. i am going to design this i'm gonna hire these weavers i'm gonna create jobs for them yeah then they're gonna sell it to people and then i'm gonna be able to pay them and they're gonna be able to continue working so yeah. this very idea that what you're making needs to come from needs to have a ser like a need yeah. you need to be making a service like what's your service what is this exactly because now people are very aware of especially after this whole pandemic they're very aware of where they're spending their money in so and the transparency about the whole who made your clothes movement and that came about so that was one of the things that uh, things is that you know you if you're creating the need you need to tell a story with your design I love that. that you have yeah. such an interesting practice, like <laughs> such a deep and interesting practice. I love that we're talking today. <laughs> so how are you going to bring this forward? Do you see yourself like one day becoming a teacher or a mentor because you have this very interesting, socially responsible idea? I, Will you bring it forward one day? Spread yeah, the message? Hopefully, because I teach like here and there. I teach sort of like do workshops. If someone asks me to in terms of how to create prints and works and all of that. So I do sort of like do it here and there, but not sort of because I also work as a fashion designer. And my fashion design practice is just that because we have block printers in India that I work with. We have so they would sort of it's not entirely because we are buying still buying clothes for them from the mills but we have traditional block printers who would do block prints for us then we create and then when but when we would send we would send the design from here we would send the patterns from here and but we would ask them what blocks do they have so we would make an arrangement make a silhouette and uh, have a sample made and once the sample is made then you know there are corrections and things so I am sort of doing that, but I was still sort of like get it more integrated within that process. But yeah, that's where I think my whole sort of like design practice or design mm -hmm. aesthetic lies. That everyone goes like, oh my God, it's organic. It's supposed to be drab and, you know, very sack looking. No, it's not. You're a designer. You need to design better. Let's go to the future of creative education. So we are now like far away from the times of going to an apprenticeship and we have the internet where you can learn anything i mean you can technically learn you, you can learn to do your taxes or you can learn how to paint a masterpiece or you can learn how to maybe even weave like you're like you learn from weavers so where do you see creative education going in the future so personally for me because i'm a very very tactile person and especially fashion because it has to sort of like drape on your body and your skin has to feel it uh that education is still sort of like necessary on how you feel the fabric how you uh sort of like how it feels on you the textures the patterns and all of that now what is happening especially in the realm of fashion is digital fashion where graphic designers come in a lot with 3d rendering and uh, fabric how dare so what we is Oh. <laughs> not at all now the thing is that these design because they want to be very sustainable because fashion is one of the most major pollutants of the planet now the because they're still sort of like very initial stages it's still sort of like working its kinks out and i was talking to someone uh yesterday with regards to that and so now what has come into the fore is a 3D fashion, which is mostly digital, which is, is mostly. But what they can't do is isolate what already has been 
so what these people with 3d renderings they ha have another set of skills another set of tools like photoshop or like illustrator they have this set of tools that need to be harnessed but uh, the thing is you can't isolate people or you can't sort of uh, distance yourself away from the practices that already were in place for so many years because you need to know how the fabric falls you need to know how the fabric drapes on the body and there are practices that are coming up that you know there was a collab with fabric and, and tommy hilfiger where traditional designers sat with the 3d designers and they both exchanged notes on how the fabric fell on the body what kind of fabrics were these designed and all of those things so i think the skills and the as the technology progresses especially in the creative design sector and creative design education i think the number of skills people will have to get is more because one is just not going to cut it let's be honest and you have to be much more of a rounded person in terms of uh, your aesthetic and that's when uh, the same thing that uh, i said earlier that you can't be very isolated in design when you're say designing for textile or designing for interiors it has because it will spill into other avenues so if i am a fashion designer but i am doing interiors for a house of a friend i would do it with an aesthetic that's mine that would probably reflect in fashion as well somehow so there's a lot of cross pollination of different um disciplines that need to happen and that will happen uh, and we have seen that happen throughout generations and a lot of designers collaborate with fabric sculpture artists and um, they collaborate with a lot of sculptors and fine artists for their shows and a lot of digital artists for the digitizing their collections so people we have seen that and it will happen more and more and more so a student who is getting into design education specifically obviously he needs to get the bases right that is what my ultimate thing would be you once you get your bases right you can sort of get into different avenues very very easily because i know for a fact when i used to do my education and when i used to study my teachers used to be like just go to the library and flip through interior design magazine now i'm a textile designer and i'm studying textile designer what would interior design do to me but what it does is it sort of uh, calibrates your brain to see how you see colors together how you see unexpected combination or expected com combinations of colors textures that work together so all of these things come through and come through that and when i uh, did my masters at uts in sydney one of the major questions that we asked was in especially in creative design uh what are we designing and why are we designing for it so if say you have a cup in your hands now cup or a mug has a handle on the side now you're a designer and i personally think designers are people with superpowers they actually control people so <laughs> if you are making a mug and you have a handle on it then you are dictating to the other person that you need to pick it up with the handle but if it does not have a handle and it's 
just a regular mug or just a mug without handles then it is your choice that you are dictating as a designer to the other people that it needs to be picked up with both hands so you have that superpower you need to sort of like harness that potential and no one understands that when i give them that example <laughs> No, I love it. I I totally get it because let's say you have a handle that has three holes in it. You're telling them you're going to have to pick it up with three fingers. So it's yes. a responsibility that you have to be aware of that you are shaping yes. this person's life in yeah. something as simple as how they're going to pick up a mug or yeah. how they're going to what they're going to wear, what they're going to head out to the world in or exactly. when it comes and to documents, how they're going to fill them out and all those things. Yes, and the best design practices or design solutions, because design is basically creative solution seeking. Uh, so design, and the best things that I have seen personally in design is that anything that finds a solution of things that you probably didn't think that you needed a solution for, but it resolves that so beautifully that when you integrate it in your life, you don't sort of uh, it's not a hindrance to your life it makes it easier wow that's deep so it should integrate very seamlessly in your life yeah and and for that you need to understand who you're designing for and seeing like what can i integrate into their life yes yes so if you say if you go if you are designing winterware supposedly that's the most sort of like easier example you need to design something that's lined that's with you know some sort of padding and you're creating something so that when per that person goes out in uh, from his home he doesn't feel that cold he still has a normal body temperature now that's a design solution that you know what material you use what you whatever you things you use and you're solving a problem and that integrates seamlessly into that person's life that he just wears it over their body and that you're not overly asking them yeah so design solution have to be that seamless of course of course i love that and i love that your education prepared you to think about those needs and to think to get ready for that like yeah. you said beautifully cross-pollination with other disciplines that you can start thinking about well that was a great yeah. episode yeah. we made it to the end <laughs> thank you so much always for being awesome. with me today and for dropping so yes. many knowledge bombs and the, dropping so so much design practice philosophy yeah. that I personally, honestly, like fashion yeah. design to me feels almost like almost that sometimes even pleasure. vain from the fashion designers that I've met. <laughs> yeah, it yeah it yeah, it feels very superficial, but you know there is a lot to it that you can tell about a person without even communicating, and that's the fashion power of it that yeah but i i love that and i love that we had this conversation I and i hope that a lot of people will have get a lot of insights from it i hope so too unlike some people think like i actually asked one of my professors if he wanted to be on the podcast <laughs> and he was like so are you gonna tear the school apart and i'm like no that's not the point <laughs> of it and, that's a, and this episode is a great example of that that we're not i'm not saying at any time don't go to yeah. school it's bullshit it's like no it's no 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 you go to school but you also respect the education of someone who has had years and generations of tra training so and you 
find a middle ground with it. I think that's the perfect way to summarize this. Like I'm going to steal that for the for for the, for the for episode this, for the show description. I'm going to like put that at the top. Go for it. <laughs> so, is there anything that you want to promote right now? Something that you're working on, a project that's coming up and if not a book or some kind of like education or a person you want to promote? Um, Tell me. Uh, not like a person that I would like to promote, but in terms of like, you know, students getting into design education, just be aware that, you know, it's not going to be easy. You have to be in it for the love of it. Otherwise, uh, don't get into it <laughs> because I know for a fact that, you know, I used to climb three flights of stairs, three stories every day at my school because I would like big bags of things that I need to do and everyone's like oh my god why are you doing this I'm like because I love it that much that I would do it for like four years and you need to love it that much so ask yourself the question of why are you doing this and ask that question a lot and expose yourself to designers and people to see what you like and specifically what you don't like and Question that as well, that why don't you like it? Why doesn't it align with your aesthetic? As far as promoting goes, mm, nothing as such to promote, but uh, just sort of keep at it and create. We need more fashion designers, to be honest. We need good fashion designers, one who have like more solutions to the problems that are in fashion itself. And we need, if there are any investors out there who want to sort of like invest into designers go for it look up labels who are doing that and invest them them because that is the future because we need to find sustainable solutions because that's the only way going forward i love that that's that's so deep so thank you so much for this interview it was amazing i will thank include you so much all your information on the show notes <laughs> so people know how to contact you because i'm sure people will be inspired by you so thank you so oh. much yeah, you can just contact me on my Instagram at Oase Haji. It's yeah, pretty straightforward. <laughs> but yeah, and yeah, feel free to DM me any questions. I'm good. That's great. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great day. You too. I love this interview with Oase. I have to be honest. I went into it thinking like, okay, we're going to talk a lot about fashion design and the artistic side. But I love how we got also into the commercial side and the potential that fashion designers and designers all around have to change reality, change systems, bring forward people who are extremely talented and maybe did not have access to formal education. So yeah, super deep, super insightful. I really hope you enjoyed it. And that you reached out to Always, you'll find links to his social media, his email, and his podcast on the show notes. And as we come to the end of another episode, I want to thank you for joining us today and recommend that you listen to our other episodes with other amazing creatives and listen to their stories and get inspired by all the different journeys they have put forth. Also, if you want to reach out to us on social media, please do leave us a review, give us your comments, give us your feedback, keep us learning. And yeah, I hope to be in your ears again next week. Keep learning and stay curious. Bye.